0: It's almost July. Let's get some emojis going. It's almost July. We've been doing this for almost four months. Come on, somebody. Let's get some emojis going because it's Father's Day. And we are so glad to be in the house of the Lord. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen for that? Oh, it's good. It's good to be in the house today. Before we get going, I want to give you my passage real quick. This is from Acts chapter 16. This is when Paul and Silas went to plant the church of Philippi, which is modern day Greece. And a while back, I think it was 2018, we did a series on the Philippian church in the book of Philippi. And that was later, after the church had already been planted and grown, when Paul was back on house arrest. And now the church that he planted was supporting him. How many know that the seeds you're planting in somebody else will come full circle to support you someday? Just remember that. Don't think it's a waste of time because what you're planting now in the subtleties as you walk with God will grow into something bigger and come back full circle to support you later in your walk with God. But the passage is verse 16 through 18 in chapter 16 of Acts. It says now, this is when they're out ministering, it says now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. So basically this was a slave whose job was to be a fortune teller and she made her masters much profit, it says. Verse 17, this girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are the servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And she did this for many days. So day after day, she's following them around going, these men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, let me give you some context here. They're in no Jesus zone. They're in pagan zone. Jesus wasn't a thing over there. That's why Paul and Silas were bringing the gospel there. And they were outcasts because they were Jews. And this was a Roman-controlled area that was pagan. So she was not there to preach good news with them. She was there mocking and basically trying to get them in some trouble. How would have been in some trouble before. If you've been in trouble, just give me a yes. Verse 18, I love this. And she did this for many days, but Paul, everybody say it together, greatly annoyed. He was greatly annoyed, the Bible says. Turned and said to the spirit in her, because she was possessed, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out of her that very hour. It says he was greatly annoyed annoyed as you're seated this morning tell your tell your neighbor tell them you are greatly annoying but I I love you anyway my subject today is they annoy me they annoy me and we just want we had some issues with the announcements So we apologize for that, but we want to wish all the dads out there, first and foremost, give them some emoji praise for all the fathers out there, all the leaders of the household. And this is not saying women don't lead, because we do it together. It's the yin and the yang, the man and the woman together lead the household. But we are thankful for all the fathers that lead their household to a relationship with God to their children, to, to uh, good work ethics, all the things they instill in their children. Fathers, without you, your children are lost. They need you. So when you feel weak and you feel weary and you feel like all the weight is on your shoulders, remember Christ carries the load so you can deliver the word of God to your children so they can carry it forth into the world. And we thank you and we applaud you right now, all you dads. Oh, I got one more announcement. What could it be? What could it be? Was there something else important? There was nothing else. Oh, I know what it is. We're finally getting back together. We're finally getting away from this camera, and we're going to see your face to face. We're going to social distance, of course, but we're going to see you on July 12th because we're going back to the theater, baby. Come on, somebody. If that don't deserve a 10-second praise break online, I don't know what does. Now, come on, give him praise for 10 seconds. Yeah, it's weird I'm all by myself praising him like this, but I can already feel what it's like when we're together and I can hear the praising and the worship going on because we're going to be back together for physical gatherings at the Regal Theater July 12, tell all your friends, we're back. Tell all your friends, when you see that billboard, that now we're actually going to be there when they go to the website. It's going to say, back in person, July 12, we will be there. One-seat church, Winghaven Boulevard, Highway 40, Sunday mornings, inside the Regal Theater. Yes, that's us, and we are just beginning. Come on. Okay, I got to cool it. I got to cool it. I got to keep it together, pastor. I'm trying to, hear, trying to give the word right now. But it's Father's Day, and I know as a dad that I can have my best intentions with my family, but sometimes things just annoy me. Sometimes things are just annoying. Has anybody else ever felt annoyed I mean come on does anyone else get annoyed like when they don't have their coffee if you want to see me get irritable and annoyed just try to talk to me nice in the morning without any coffee I'll look at you like why are you talking to me well, I'm trying to outgrow it. It's not pastor-like, but that's what I used to do. So, so like it's it's this feeling of irritation. Like I don't want to mess with you. I don't want anything to do with you because I'm trying to do me right now. It's it's annoying. You know that kind of annoyance. Like you're bothering me. Kind. Like why are you looking at me? Kind. Annoying things are usually uh, means they're insignificant to us. No value. That's why they're annoying. But did you know that what's annoying to you may be, may be very monumental and significant to the other person? The one that you think is being annoying, maybe it's life-changing in their eyes. It's life-changing. It could be monumental. What if the mountains aren't moved by one swoop and instead are nudged across the promised land by annoyances? Annoyances. Annoyances. Remember, we, we look at annoyances like they're insignificant. But did you know that the situation that annoys you may change the course of someone else spending all eternity with Jesus Christ Himself in heaven? We call Him God because He is everything God is. He is the Father in creation, the Son in redemption, and the Spirit in regeneration. There is one Spirit, one God, and He is Lord of all creation. And I always ask myself, I often ask myself, I ask God, excuse me, why are there so many twigs on my road to purpose, Lord? These twigs aren't making me crash and burn. They're just annoying. They annoy me. They greatly annoy me. But Paul, greatly annoyed, it says. They annoy me on my road to purpose. Every time I get in a rhythm with God and what he wants me to do, someone comes along and tries to trip me with their annoying issues. Why is it that God would allow me to carry the weight of someone else's problem? Because it's just annoying. It's annoying. But as we're going to get here in the passage, revelations are often created through annoyances. Write that down. Revelations are often created by annoyances, through annoyances. And why do we feel annoyed? It's because we really are saying, leave me alone. I don't want none of that. Anybody remember the song? Nobody's going to know this song. Michael Jackson. Just leave leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. Leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone, leave me alone. Those are harmonies. And just stop dogging me around. Anybody? Roller coaster video? He was in a roller coaster. He was wearing a weird helmet. It was weird, but it was a good, catchy song. It's Michael Jackson. Anybody remember the song Leave Me Alone? When I was a kid, my brother was like, Little Jeffy, little bro, leave me alone. Why? Because I was annoying to him. I would annoy him. Hey, mom, guess what Sean did? I'm gonna get him in trouble today. (laughs) You know, I was like so annoying. We're seven years apart, and my job as a child was to annoy him. That's the point of little siblings, is to annoy your big brothers or sisters. Can I get an amen for that? But then I became a dad, and now I have four kids, and I, I see it do it. I see them do it to each other. I see them getting annoyed with each other, and I'm even, I mean, I can I be honest with y'all? I get annoyed with my kids. I mean, I love them to, beth, to death, but sometimes they do annoy me. But Dad, Dad, how come they get to stay up later and I don't? And Dad, how many pieces of M&Ms did they get? Oh, what colors did they get? I want the, I want the brown. I want the red. I want the yellow. Oh, they get peanuts and I don't. Oh, they get to, they get to go to Grammys and I don't. Oh, they got, they, got, they got to get an extra present for this and I don't. No, uh, no, 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 no. Sometimes it's just like, don't you're annoying me. Don't speak. Sometimes that's how you feel. Fathers, I get it. Sometimes that's how you feel. Sometimes you just need a mental break from family, from people, so you can regroup your brain so you can know how to assess the situations. Because even good things can be annoying because they disrupt the soil. They disrupt. But revelations often create, are often created through annoyances. They distract me from me time. When my focus gets on something significant, the enemy tries to rob me of it with this annoying distraction. The enemy tries to derail me with this annoying slave girl. Follow me around, mocking the mission I'm on. Don't make fun of me, says Paul. I'm on a mission. And if you're going to mock me, I'm going to cast you out, devil. Don't mock me. You're annoying me, devil. You can tell the devil he's annoying because he is. And you can cast him out in Jesus' name. But see what's funny in the eyes of the of the the, the, the girl with the, the slave girl with the spirit of the demon spirit she was following the influence of the enemy but she was really crying out for help she was really crying out for help see what's annoying to us could be someone crying out for help to them we see it one way they see it another and what's sounding like what sound like heckling What sounded like a heckler at the ballgame was someone really crying out for help, crying out in fear. There's so many people of the Bible that were crying out for God, and they started out by mocking before it ever came to pass. They started out oppressing believers before it came to pass that really they were digging to find a reason to say, I believe too. I want to follow too. And this girl was possessed, and so Paul had to get that demon out of her so she could follow because she was really crying out. Have you ever been that girl? I mean, we all want to be Paul, but have you ever been the slave girl? Has that ever been your situation where you're oppressing the thing you want the most? You're fighting the thing you want the most. They're telling you leave you they're telling you to leave them alone, but really you're crying out for help. You're walking down the road against God, but you're actually seeking something new. You think you're after something to stop what God has for you, but really God is saying, I know what you're really doing and you're crying out for help. So what if God was setting up the situation in your life that annoys you to move the kingdom forward for your sake and for that who annoys you's sake? What if God is setting up a situation that is so annoying that you have no option but to address it instead of, you can't keep walking from this annoyance. Day after day, it's following you. You know? Come on, somebody. I know somebody's got some situations right now that something really annoying and and, and, and and downright irritating is just following you. And you try to walk away and you try to be the peacemaker and you try to get away from it and it just keeps following you. It's becoming annoying now. Okay, quit pressing my buttons, devil. I get it, but you keep pressing my buttons and I'm going to go anti-Christian on you in a second. See, that's what the devil wants. He wants you to get so annoyed that you jump out of your, your Jesus skin and get back to your worldly ways that got you to Jesus in the first place so don't forget that it's a trick it's a trick and we often are quick to feel annoyed and offended we're quick to feel annoyed like Paul he was annoyed with the spirit not the girl he was annoyed with the spirit in the girl because he's seen this ways and he knows how they are but maybe you have once been the girl maybe you have once been in the girl's shoes And what she thought was a leave-me-alone mentality was really a cry out for help. This was a minor setback to Paul and Silas' ministry. They They thought it was delaying progress. I thought coronavirus was delaying progress. I thought all this time home was delaying progress. But maybe a revelation is being created through these annoyances in my season. Maybe you need a minor setback to have a major set forward. It was a spiritual battle. It was a spiritual battle. Watch this. In verse 19, it says, but when her master saw, their hope of profit was gone. They were losing their cash money. Their business was crumbling because Paul just cast out the money-making machine. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. See, they didn't know about Paul, who had dual citizenship. They just saw him as a Jew, but he actually had Roman citizenship. So they didn't know that they were messing with royalty right there. And so they dragged him into the marketplace to think, just like they did Christ, to think that they could get the the majority to come against them and throw them in prison. And it says, and they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. They're bringing this Jesus stuff in here, and we don't want it. They're casting out demons, and I'm losing money because of this coronavirus. I mean, I'm losing money because of the slave girl who can't tell fortunes no money. So what am I supposed to do? I'm going to go find another way. He says, no. And they teach the customs, which are not lawful for us being romans to receive and observe we're pagan we don't want none of that jesus stuff but they didn't know who they were talking about they're talking about paul he was roman also he was roman and jewish says verse 22 then the multitude rose up together against them and the magistrate tore off their clothes sounds like jesus and commanded them to be beaten with rods sounds like the messiah when the majority doesn't get their way they try to oppress change they try to oppress it But when God has a plan, change is inevitable. Verse 23, and when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them in the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them extra securely. Having received such a charge, he put them in the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. They not only were in the jail, but they were were bound hand and foot. I would call that a minor setback for what? Because they addressed what was annoying them? You see, that's, how it, it's just like, that's, what, it, that's what happens. Okay, God, I try, to, I try to be the peacemaker and leave the situation alone, and then when I try to address it, why am I the one that's thrown in prison when they're the one annoying me? It's because maybe your setback is a setup. Maybe your setback is God's setup. Maybe God's answering something to what you're calling a setback. God is setting up. You're in prison now. The world says it doesn't look good. Paul laughs at this. You know how many times that boy was in prison? Oh, man. He probably had a Starbucks up in there with a free gift card because he's he's been there so many times. He gets free coffee when he's there. Maybe what you think is a setback in the prison, bound hand and foot, it's not looking good. It's really God's setup. Man, if I could count all the times I spent disregarding the annoying situations as worthless. If I could count all the times that I thought it was worthless to contribute the way I could contribute at the time that I thought it was worthless. How many times I was wrong. Because what annoying is often what creates the revelation. We think it doesn't matter if we're at church, it does. We think it doesn't matter if we praise God, it does. We think it doesn't matter if we don't get in our word, it does. We think it doesn't matter if we just remove some of these subtleties, it does. Because those little annoyances, those little subtle changes are what create lasting big changes in God's eyes. God requires we don't write what annoys us off. Don't write off those people who annoy you because that may be God sending them. That may be God sending them. Remember the Bible says, with a mustard seed of faith, you can move mountains. With a mustard seed of annoyance, God can bring a mountainous revelation of change. It just takes nudges. It doesn't take a tornado. It takes a nudge to bring revelation. God shifts great movements into gear with subtle irritations. Maybe we need to embrace the things that annoy us. Maybe when we're greatly annoyed, we need to turn and say to that spirit, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. God's got it. God's got it. Well, that church, you know, they're probably not, you know, they just, they're they're this, they're small. They don't have this. They don't have this. I wish they had this. Don't judge the movement that God is on, that little annoyance because of lack of this or lack of that, or they didn't have my favorite coffee or whatever it is. I'm going to bounce. You bounce, I bounce. We all bounce around the churches and everybody knows our name because we never stick and build any roots. God says, don't, don't abandon ship because those little things aren't. Relevant to the movement the church is on. The church is on a movement. One seed church is a movement. It's not a building. It's a movement. It's moving. So the little annoyances that you find with your church, I know nobody would ever find anything annoying with our church because our church is just the greatest, but I'm saying if you found something annoying, just remember God uses the little things to nudge great movements. Touch your neighbor and tell them it's a movement. It's not a Sunday, it's a movement. This is a mission, we move. There's a new series coming, oh snap, hint, it's called Meant to Move. You were meant to move. The church is meant to move because it's a movement. So don't judge the annoyances because that's how God gets you to move sometimes is with the little annoyances. Fine, I'll cast you out, demon. Get out of my face. Now I'm thrown in prison. What is going on? If I hadn't addressed the thing that annoyed me, I wouldn't be in prison. So now what do I do, God? God's going to say, I got a major revelation to shake up the foundation. Let's go to Acts 16.25 now. It says, but at midnight. Okay, picture this. I probably preached this passage before. But this is a different angle of the word which is living and breeds life. As you receive it into your soil, it breeds life. It says, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, amazing grace. I don't know what they were singing, but maybe they were singing that. Maybe they were singing elevation worship. I'm gonna see a victory at midnight. I'm gonna straight up pass out in my bed at midnight. I have got no energy to sing, especially if I'm bound in, 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 you know, in shackles. But it says they were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. It was a worship service. Paul and Silas were, come on, guys, get your hands up. And they're like, well, we could if we weren't handcuffed. You know, the ones that were in shackles with them. But the ones that had their hands free, they're like, okay, I'll worship with you. Something's happening. The word of God was breathing through the lockdown. Oh, that sounds familiar. Oh, that's good preaching. The word of God was breathing through the lockdown. Something's happening. Something's breathing in that prison. And he said, come on, let's worship. And it says the the, the prisoners were listening to them. And then it says in verse 26, everybody yell it together. It said, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. Everyone became free, that they thought it was the end. They thought it was a setback. We call it a minor setback, but actually it could be a major revelation. The prison was free and it says later in the passage that even the guard who, who imprisoned Paul and Silas got saved because of it. He got baptized. He got filled with the spirit. He got saved because of it. Do I seem fired up? It is. I'm fired up because that's good. It's good. It all started with that annoying slave girl. It all started with an annoyance. Paul was a Roman citizen. They didn't know that. So guess what? He gets to go. God let him free before man knew he should be free. Man then saw, oh snap. He was Roman. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have done that. He's one of us. But God is always one step. You step by step. God is always one step ahead of the world. And what they realize later, God already knew from the beginning. And so so they were free. And so what happened was many got saved and many were free. And all this change happened. guess where they were planting that church? In Philippi. Guess where the church grew? In Philippi. If you go on to read the book of Philippians, Paul addresses and gives thanks and calls them friends. It was, a, it was a friendship letter is what they called it. The structure was written in a loving friendship letter. This was not the normal way of Paul to write. It's because he had built something there that left him later with a support system. And it all started with the annoying slave girl. It says he was greatly annoyed. But Paul was greatly annoyed. I want you to think right now about something that's greatly Annoyed you in the past and give thanks over it because there's a little annoying thing has forced you to change something. It's forced you to take another look, to try it different, to make it better. What started as an annoyance to you actually saved your life. It saved your life. What was annoying you and made you feel restrictive because someone was telling no one's going to tell me what to do no one's going to tell me what to what started as a prison to you saved your life so you could become free in heaven and on earth revelations are often created by annoyances It's just a season. Touch your neighbor, tell them it's just a season. These prison cells are just for a season. In fact, on July 12th, the gates are open. The gates are open. What feels like a prison is just for a season. And Jesus carried our burden so you could carry somebody else's burden just for a season. If they annoy you, embrace it. It's just for a season. God's doing a good work in them and in you because of that situation. It's just for a season. These twigs in the road that annoy me are guiding my steps to purpose. If y'all could stand this Father's Day Sunday. Fathers, mothers, older siblings, We are all called to be leaders for God's kingdoms. And to be an effective leader, you have to take what annoys you and make the best of it. Because when you address it, God will set it up for revelation. The setback is a setup. The setback is a setup. And I will show them the way because someone showed me I will pay it forward as it has been given to me do it unto me and you've done it unto them when you've done it unto them you've done it unto me because of the Lord's love for me I will, I will put up with their annoyances I will go above and beyond what annoys me so that they may have truth everlasting and someday they may come back to support me they may come back to sort me, support me when I'm in house arrest again for a season It may be their communication to you. Hey, we're praying for you. We've got this covered while you're out. It's just for a season. They're lifting me up now as I lifted up them. That's what those who annoy you will do for you as you plant the good word in them. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in your mighty name, the only name given among men that we can be saved. Jesus Christ of Nazareth, we give thanks right now for the blood that was shed, that we have an opportunity to be leaders for your kingdom. It's a privilege, and opportunity, and God, thank you from the bottom of our heart that we are allowed another chance to breathe the gospel into your world and we will not let you down. We will take a step forward and we are going to begin chapter 3 of one see church we are going to make new what you have brought forth God we are going to bring your word into the people who have never heard it and we are going to see a shift because this is a movement we are moving for your kingdom we are not a lockdown we are moving and we are free according to your gospel and if the house of God could say in Jesus name amen